Good morning, Four Oaks. This is Pastor Paul coming to you live here from the home office. It is Tuesday morning, 8 a.m., September 28th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Can you believe it? September is almost evaporated. Here comes October and the fall weather with it. So we're really excited around here. We're also excited to be about these devotionals that we're doing Monday through Friday for 10 or 15 minutes on weekday mornings. We're we're taking a peek at Romans. We've obviously been preaching through the book of Romans on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. But there's so much in Romans. It's so rich. It's so textured. There's so many great ideas, truths, verses. We can't cover it all on a Sunday morning. So we need a little extra time on the weekdays to cover it here. And so we're just tackling different topics, issues, verses, themes um, in a little more detail. And here this morning, we're going to revisit this issue of accountability that we see in Romans chapter 2. And so one of the things we learned on Sunday from this passage is that we are all going to be held accountable um, for a variety of things. And that can obviously raise a lot of questions or issues. Accountable for what? And are we all accountable in the same way to the same degree? Well, let me read um, three verses that are particularly pertinent to this, and then we're going to dive in. Romans 2, 6 says, He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Now, yesterday we talked about the relationship of faith and works, and I don't want to revisit that here. But I do want to tackle this issue in terms of thinking about the whole scope of humanity and who is accountable for what and to whom. Now, let's start with the most obvious truths that we have in Scripture, okay? Um, the most obvious truths we have from Scripture is that mankind is fallen and lost for all of sin to fall short of the glory of God, all, everyone. That's Romans 3.23. Um, and we have to ask, then, how is there some mechanism, is there some way that God has provided man to be rescued from his um, from his helpless estate, from his his deadness to sin, his separation from God, and of course we know the answer to that is yes, he has provided those things. So, so two very common verses that are crystal clear on this matter: John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except." through me. And so there, there's a very clear declaration here that it is only through Jesus that we can be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is not a way. He is not a truth. He is not offering some kind of life. Only through him do we find eternal life and forgiveness for sins. This is also stated in Acts chapter 6. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4. Again, very clearly look at Acts 4.12. And Peter and John are preaching, and they're before the high priest, and it's Peter who says, Acts 4.12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that idea of name, it denotes not just somebody's physical title, but who they are, their character, uh, the very person that, 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 that they are. And Peter is saying here, there's no other name, meaning there's no other way, there's no other method, there's no other path 
to be reconciled to God except through um, Jesus Christ. And so that seems to be crystal clear. And so when we think about accountability, um, I, don't, I think most of us are fairly clear on those who hear the gospel message, those who hear about the way of salvation through Jesus Christ, and then who willingly okay, walk away from that news or discard that news or reject that news. Um, I think that's very clear to us that those who reject Jesus will perish, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, right? Meaning whoever does reject him will perish. And I think for most of us, those categories seem to be fairly clear. Where things get a little more, um, we, we have questions and there's uncertainty, goes back to, well, what about those who haven't heard, right? And again, you think about the stereotypical, the tribe in Africa that has had no opportunity to receive Christ. Is it fair that they would be judged for not accepting Jesus? And um, we said last week during the sermon, and this was almost as an aside, and we didn't have time to get into it, almost regretted saying it because I knew it would raise more questions. But Romans 2 actually has an answer for that. Okay, so let's look at Romans 2.12. And again, this, we can be thinking, we can be put ourselves in all kinds of circumstances here. Those who haven't heard or those who aren't able to hear or those who don't have the capacity to hear. How do we view this? How do we view salvation? Romans 2.12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. And so what Paul is getting at there is that those who have heard the word, those who have heard the message of the gospel, those who have heard the truths of God, will be judged according to what they did with those truths. However, those who haven't heard, okay, who haven't heard the, heard the word of God, haven't heard the word of Jesus, that's not the standard that they are going to be judged by. It doesn't mean they're not going to be judged, right? Because it tells us, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. Perish, right? So just because someone hasn't heard doesn't mean that they're um, that that's they're not accountable. Because they are accountable not for accepting or receiving Jesus. They've never heard of Jesus. But they are accountable for what they know. And we have to ask, what is it that they know? And let's go back to Romans 1 on this, right? Um, Romans 18, 118, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now listen to verse 19. For what, is, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the, the creation of the world and the things that are have been made, and listen to this, so they are without excuse. So while everyone who has heard the word of Christ, the word of God, is accountable to that for what we do with it, even those who haven't heard the word of God or about Jesus still have their own accounting to do. And they have an accounting as it relates to their knowledge of God. And what Paul seems to be saying is that everyone is born, everyone is created with this innate sense uh, that there is a creator, that they are not here by accident, that, that we are not alone, and that this knowledge, which is evident 
which is made manifest or clearly through nature, through creation, through looking at life under a microscope or a star through a telescope or a beautiful sunrise or gorgeous scenery, that all of that testifies to the fact that there is a creator and that every person knows this in their heart of hearts. Now, they can deny it. Um, they can suppress it. They can, um, they can be, start a atheistic society or they can say they're agnostic. But what Romans 1 seems to be saying is that in their heart of hearts, when the still quiet voice of God speaks to them, they know they are accountable to a creator that they have been made and that there, that there is some sort of accountability built into the, the fabric of human life and existence. And so, again, it goes back to we are all accountable. All of mankind is accountable for what they know, not for what they don't know, but for what they know. But regardless, all of us still find ourselves in the same place. Okay. And again, Romans 3.23, flip over there. All of us are in the same boat for slightly different reasons, okay, because we all know different levels of knowledge, but we're all in the same boat. For all have sinned, Paul says, and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you flip over to Romans 6.23, Paul makes this very clear. Again, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the fact that Human beings die every day, and we think about the tragedies of terrorism that kill people or COVID that kill people. Well, we know that thousands die every day of quote-unquote natural causes, but actually there's nothing very natural about it at all. It's part of God's pronouncement of curse over mankind because of his sin. The wages of sin are death, and so death is deserved by everyone. We sin both by nature, okay, because we're born this way, and by choice because we willingly choose. And so when we think back to um, what is it that we are accountable for, um, again, Paul makes this clear in Romans 2.12, we're accountable for what we know, not for what we don't know. But nonetheless, we're, whether, we, whether we've heard it or not, we're still accountable for our basic posture towards God, who is our creator, who has made it um, evident what is to be known about him. And so one of the things we can just think about in terms of the way that we want to apply this is that as Christians, as those who have trusted in Christ, who've embraced the gospel message, we of all people are um, ultimately accountable, right? We, 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 we know more than anyone else, and we want to be good stewards of that. We don't want to be functional atheists. We don't want to be functional deists. We want to be people who are tied in day in, day out, moment by moment to the fact that we are created, that we are dependent upon our creator, that we are not just praying for 15 minutes in the morning before we go to work, but we're praying with our eyes open. We're praying with a posture of having communion with God every second of the day. And in that way, um, that's something we're accountable for, right? We know God is with us. We know God is in us. And so we want to live by that. Now, there's a whole host of other issues and questions that are raised by, by this, I know. Well, what about babies? What about children? Um, what, you know, how, how are they judged? Now, we're going to maybe talk more about that, revisit that later. That's not really addressed in this passage, other than to say anyone born into this world 
is under the curse of sin and death. And we can trust that God, whatever he does in those situations, um, will be merciful and he will be just. Now, we, can, we may revisit this here in the next day or two, um, but another question that, that comes up is what about believers? Now, we're obviously, we're not judged based upon salvation. Well, Jesus has already been judged for us. But what about deeds done in the body? Um, is there a, a judgment of righteousness or is there a judgment of works? And the answer to that is yes, there is uh, for believers um, who have already been declared righteous. What does that look like? Well, you're just going to have to tune in tomorrow because that's where we're going to turn our attention to. But in the meantime, we can have a heart of thankfulness to God that we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, he's awakened us. He's brought life to us. He's, he's drawn us to himself. He's shown us our sin. He's shown us his glory, and he's given us a way to be reconciled to him, and that's through Jesus. And we can be thankful to God for it. Okay, so that's it for today. Tomorrow, we'll turn our attention to that. What does that judgment of works for believers look like? What do the rest of the scriptures have to say? Find out tomorrow. Lord, go before us today. Keep us constantly aware that we are made by you, made in your image, made to do good works, made to glorify you. And Lord, um, be present with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody.